We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you have a job opening, send it to us on Grow Lincoln on KLIN.com or Facebook or Twitter, and we will announce it. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Sarter Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, how has customer service changed in the last couple years? We'll be talking to Angela Paolini from Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. And for sale by owner transactions that did not go well, we'll be talking with Angela Schneider. What happens if you can't find a 1031 exchange? We'll visit with Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. And our local University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business graduates that have made it big. And we're going to talk to Dr. Eric Thompson about that. Plus, construction projects around town at the end of our show. Well, Dave, let's, let's jump into this, how customer service is changing, because I think it has, but I want to ask you and our guest, Angela Paolini from Service Master Professional Business. How, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Robin. Thank you very much. Well, good. Yeah, all of us are in the service right. business. That's right. Uh, real estate, um, janitorial cleaning yeah. uh, services for our buildings. And I, now here's what here's what I've noticed. And I want to know if you guys have, have had this. I've noticed that customer service has changed from the standpoint of talking to people on the phone, that there is more email than there ever was in the history yeah. of email. And customers want me to text them first for permission before I call them. Um, have your customers been like this or is it the same for you guys as well, it always was? We do a lot of email and a lot of text, both, but we predominantly like to use email because uh, we, we then have a record of our communications with yes, people, that's both, too. Bo- both mm-hmm. with our vendors and with, you know, our clients that we're dealing with and, and, I run into it more in the property management area with that issue. That but, makes sense. Uh, and do you find the same thing? Absolutely, Angela? because I was just talking with, with my director of operations about this. He does a lot of sales, and he was talking about customers texting him or calling him to do a to do a job, like to do a project. Well, and then he does, and then there's no paper trail because there there's no email. So if he has to go back and look at something. And you know he's just trusting you know the customer because they're our customer, um, and but it's not a matter of a distrust. It's just like a he said she said thing then, right? Right. If you if you're on phone versus on email, but at the same time you also the customer's always right. Yeah. You know, so like, well, how yeah. do you do that? How do you then? tell them that texting is not really appropriate for this? Mm. We, we need to be using email f- to, right? because we get that with lease negotiations. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's leasing office space and they start texting me terms of the deal. And it's like, you know, not this is legal stuff. Yeah. Can we, I, I say, can we move to email? Yes, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that, that's what I told him to do. And part of it is somebody may take one thing that you're saying differently Correct. than what the other person might take it. 
So yeah, and when you when you email, you can have you take time. Yeah, you can take time and you can clarify and ask clarifying questions. But I think if it's a problem, the phone should should be picked up. I mean, well, not yeah. maybe not a routine problem, but a bad problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't read the inflection in it. E- That's right. Yeah. I tell people as soon as I get bad news about whatever I'm doing. I make a phone, phone call yeah. or an email I do immediately. Yep. Even it. if yep. I have to yep. text them and ask them if it's okay to call them. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't had that issue. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is. But uh, I, yeah, I, 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 can see I, I think that's a pandemic thing because people were working at home and like, like you text oh, them sure. first because are the kids screaming and that's is, a, a, is a dog barking? Like, you know, is, is now time? a good time? That's or good are you point. homeschooling? Right. That's, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Very interesting. Well, what do you guys think that the customers are less patient, more patient, or do you think it's about the same as it's always been? I My, think I think they got more patient during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes, from, I agree. With you. Yes, yes, they, they, they're more understanding about things that don't necessarily didn't necessarily go well because we had those yes. those issues. Yes, but. The biggest thing and our biggest problem I is just the communication period. We just got to make sure to communicate with yes, people. Yes, right. I, I mean, I, you mean you felt like you you feel like in the last couple of years communication has diminished or halted? No, I think caused impatience. Maybe I, I think that people expect to be communicated with even more. They so. expect it more. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, because it has so been many, tough. Yeah, because there's been so many ways to communicate. Which, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have texting in in particular. We didn't have Zoom. But it's just mostly people want you to know that you are working on whatever endeavor they want you to be working on. Yeah. There's there's no just trust that I said this, you said, okay, it's going to happen. Yeah, don't like want, don't ghost me. Play. Keep following up and yes. telling me you're working they on it. Play by play. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So then, what do you think about this? Do people in commercial real estate compliment you if you provide good customer service, or do you only hear about your service at the problem point? All right. For us. Yeah. What's it like for you? For us, we only hear. When there's a problem. Nobody yeah. tells you that we, their office looked extra clean correct, today. Correct, correct. We have a few customers who make a point to give us the good as well as the bad, and I, we love that. We sure. love that so much. And whenever we have the positives, we do a master moment, pass that along to the employee because they're oh. the ones that really get always, you know, um, what I want to say, demoralized by continually hearing prob- about problems. And never anything good. Yeah. Yeah, because it's their work, right? They're right. the ones cleaning. It's their work. So I and I, I I have seen an uptick in customers trying to be more, especially during the pandemic. They were trying to be they more were complimentary, patient, kinder. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of thank yous. Yeah, which was great. I, I think because people recognized you were working in a germy environment. That's right, right. <laughs> yeah. they're, th- yeah. they're glad they didn't have to <laughs> like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would mirror a lot of your comments. Yeah. Uh, because, because you do of, you do a lot of property management. Because of the in the property management thing, uh, you, you, 
the, the reason why they're calling you usually is because there's a problem. Yes. Every once in a while, though, we'll get a compliment out of the blue. And it's so rare that it's a big deal. <laughs> you know what you're talking about? And I don't, it's just the nature of the business. It is. Now, yep. I get I get compliments periodically from the brokerage perspective mm-hmm. when I'm working on my that own. That is a career that has a little bit of affirmation. A, a little bit of to it. A, yeah. Know. I mean, there's. You are spending a lot of time in your office yeah. or your retail store and more likely to get some thanks for yeah. having, but not always, not as often as you might think. Right. <laughs> no. I mean, I can't tell you how many times they forgot to invite me to the chamber rib- ribbon cutting <laughs> because that was three or four months later. You know? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we're maybe a little bit more likely to get some positive feedback, you know, and uh, to me, it's super gratifying if they are happy because the, I know how many hours a day they're going to spend in yeah, that space. And I want them, they're going to spend more time in that space awake than they are in their own house. It's true. Yeah. It's so true. I figure if they're happy, they're really happy. No, and it's the same with cleaning. I mean, if they're happy and they're in their space, they feel that it's clean. You know, that's important. To yeah, us. absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do we have time for one more? Well, probably not, Robin. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, does that mean we'll have to have Angela back? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have yeah. to continue this. Yeah, we were going to talk about mistakes, but maybe it's fine that we ran out of time maybe. to talk about <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> oh, well, thanks a lot for joining us. We always enjoy talking with you. And um, I feel, Angela, like a lot of times we get a sense of what's going on in the Lincoln business community because you are in so many buildings with, and interfacing mm. with so many different mm. companies. So. Well, well, I'm happy to be here. Well, come Coming up next, for sale by owner houses where things didn't end well, we will talk to Andrea Schneider from Remax. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Broadcast House is moving to a different location where it can grow. Uh, we want to sell this building. Dave Albers of the Albers Company and my company, Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, have it listed for sale right here at 43rd and O Street. So contact us on Facebook or Twitter for details. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Green Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. Talking about Remax Concepts, Speaking bingo. of Remax, yes, they are right here in the studio with us because we, we wanted to talk about um, in this tight market, I got to wondering if there are house sellers who try to do it on their own. And with us is Andrea Schneider from Remax to talk about what that's like these days. It's unique. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Do people use a realtor because they've heard about how you bring them thirteen offers and they know you can do that? And yeah, and you know, I think it's just a general education across the board. I mean, there's always those fisbos that are out there, but yeah, f- and fisbo general, means for sale for by sale by owner. owner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think most people just understand there's so many idiosyncrasies and things that can happen, and especially in this constantly changing market. I think people realize the value that's brought to the table. Well, uh, especially so. if they got burned trying to sell it themselves or they heard another story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I always remind people that I'm selling and on 30 to 40 sides of a transaction a year, sometimes more. Um, you know, the average seller or buyer really is sometimes doing it once every seven years, sometimes once every 30 years. So that experience that you bring to the table when you've sold 40 houses just in the last 12 months, 
um, just as a by nature, you're going to have a lot more experience with those things that can go wrong because it's never the same thing that goes wrong. It's every transaction is unique and different. And so we're seasoned enough to kind of anticipate those things, the things yeah. that could happen. Well, and then the cumulative knowledge, uh, you know, over a 10 year time frame, exactly. that's 400. Yes, exactly. For a, for yep. Instance, over the using, last 14 using, years for using, me. Using your, using your uh, 40 a year and I mean. Yep. That's and a I've lot been of, doing this since 1985. That's yeah. a lot of legal documents. Have you have you seen things happen with sellers that tried to sell their house in their own that are a good warning? <laughs> yeah, you know, I had one years ago, and the you know, market's constantly changing too, and and every situation looks different for a seller. But I had one years ago where the seller changed their mind, and I had a buyer who we had searched, and we found the perfect home, and they loved it, and then the seller decided, oh, never mind, I don't want to sell my house. Well, you know, thankfully there was an agent involved and we had a legally binding contract. And, you know, in that situation, we did call in the lawyers as well. But ultimately, that seller so did have you, to sell their house. What you're saying is there was an agent. You meant me. You, you yes. had written in the buyer's contract. Correct. Basically, the, the seller couldn't back out. Yeah. Yeah. There was not a contingency for I don't feel like selling. Today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, my, my buyers were very well protected in that situation and the lawyers agreed and the seller ultimately sold. had to move yeah. forward. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, well, and then some of it, I think, comes down to, I mean, when, when you're the seller, you're concerned about yeah, you're concerned about the, fees. The They're always concerned of, about fees. fees. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what it always boils but down But I'm surprised how many buyers, at least in commercial real estate, um, they think we're going to charge them money. Yeah. The buyer yeah. or the tenant. Right. And, and, and I say it's just like when you buy a house, you don't have to pay me. Yeah, no, there's no fees. I mean, you've got a, a broker admin fee, which has gone up a bit in the last few years, but... Um, you know, I still charge two fifty for that fee. I know there are other agents that go up from there. Yeah. Uh, that is literally the only fee, and that That's, doesn't even go to me. That's going to my broker uh, for administration administrative purposes. But beyond that, there's no cost to that buyer, and the value is is can't even be calculated. It's priceless because you have somebody advocating for you and looking out for your needs. Yeah, yeah. for free. Yeah. Do you work with for sale by owners? Like on a on an informal basis, like if you know, if I find a house for you, mm -hmm. in that circumstance, would you pay me a commission and let me bring you a buyer, or are they pretty black and white about it? Either I'm going to list it or I'm not going to list it. I you know, so meaning like the seller is the physical? the seller, yeah. yeah. Like, do you let's say you have a buyer and you find a seller who's doing it himself. Yeah. Are they usually pretty firm about doing it themselves? Or do they sometimes say, yeah, I would work with you if you found a buyer, yeah, so, even though you, we don't have a formal listing and a yep, sign yep. and the internet. Address. And as long as they don't have an agent, I mean, we can go and approach them in any kind of scenario. And it might be something where I do a dual agency and I represent the buyer and the seller because I have a buyer for that house. Uh, sometimes I show it and, you know, they were tired of selling, trying to sell themselves. And then they call me back and say, you know, we really enjoyed that experience. When you showed our house, we'd like to go ahead and list with you. Um, so that definitely happens. And, you know, sometimes that seller will end up paying a reduced fee. They might pay that buyer's agent 3% and say, okay, yeah, I see the value of having an agent involved in this transaction. So 
I'll go ahead and pay you 3% if you write up all the documents and bring the buyer and get this thing to closing. Right. She brought up an interesting point about dual agency, which that's something I think buyers and sellers ought to hear about because sometimes it's actually kind of useful. Um, it's it's if, if you've been trying to help a seller and trying to help a buyer at the same time, it's kind of a an act of neutrality that it you're is. not going yep. to betray confidences to either one. You're going to be neutral and you're going to try to put this deal together. Yep. And we're legally bound to, to represent both parties equally right. and to treat everybody equitably. And um, at the same time, we still play that role of being that neutral party, that non-emotional entity that just brings everybody together, acts as that go-between. And again, it, it gets it there a lot more smoothly than sometimes a buyer and a seller trying to work directly with each other. Uh, you know, the the emotions get high. A, a purchase or a sale is a big financial decision. It's a big deal for most And there's people. a lot of emotion involved with that. Even when you think you can be non-emotional, there's emotion involved. <laughs> and not to mention, you have a lot of other things on your plate when you're buying and selling. You're worrying about your lending and your insurance and packing and finding movers. And, you know, to also then involve all of the idiosyncrasies that happen with the other party, uh, just to bring in that agent and kind of say, hey, let's, you know, you go over there, you do your thing, you go over there, do your thing. And, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in the background that I think buyers and sellers don't even realize are happening um, just to get you to that point. Do you ever have parties that found each other and then come to you for oh, help yeah. with the yeah. paperwork? Yep, I've done that many or, times Or too. help with the prize. Yeah, because it yeah. seemed easy to get your house sold, but then, oh, now, now what do we all do? of the things. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, often I've come in and just, you know. Finished the transaction. Yeah, put yeah. it together for people. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. That was Andrea Schneider from Remax. Um, sometimes um, trying to sell your house on your own doesn't end well. And so you can call in a, a realtor if you need to, even if you're not quite done with the transaction, yeah. and they will find a way to help. Thanks again. We appreciate that. Great information. We'll be right back with Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. What happens if you can't find a 1031 exchange to transfer your property to? We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Thank you for sharing your Saturday lunch hour with us, or maybe you're listening to our podcast. This is Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate. And this is Dave Albers of the Albers Company. And this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. When you're trying to sell your property and you want to do a 1031 exchange so you can defer your taxes until later, but... You can't find it. We were having Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts give us an idea what to do about that. How are you doing today, Roger? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? How are you two today? Pretty good. Pretty doing good. Well. Now I do want to kind of set up this up as an explanation. Roger and I have been involved in a couple of real estate transactions in recent years where in order to avoid tax consequences, the seller essentially traded into another real estate property that um, normally they couldn't do they couldn't afford to pay the whole purchase price. Um, and they couldn't find anything in Lincoln. They were ready to move on to something that didn't involve property management, you know, scooping snow, mowing, leasing vacant space. A DST offering, Del Delaware Statutory Trust, was used. So Roger's going to talk about this today. All right, Roger, why don't we 
number one, how does a, a DST, Delaware Statutory Trust, work, and how can a seller defer taxes using this method? Yeah, those are great questions. Uh, you know, really, in the simple terms, under the Internal Revenue Code, Section 1031, the gain, that's the capital gain from an initial sale of real estate is not taxable, and this is as long as you use all of the proceeds for the purchase of the replacement property, so that's key. There are specific rules you want to follow, so the gains stay non-taxable, and you don't have that big tax bill at the end of the year. And I want to uh, also mention that I am not a CPA, so we want to make sure that you go and consult your tax professional before moving ahead with any type of real estate exchange. What are the cautionary steps or governmental regulations that must be taken into account to make sure that everything goes correctly as far as deferring yeah. the capital gains taxes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's specific steps certainly involved. Uh, I, th I think the first thing is the exchange property has to be like-kind. Now, that is pretty broad-based, but in a nutshell, it, can be, it can't be uh, used for personal use. All of the proceeds uh, must be reinvested, and the value of the replacement property must be equal or greater than the value of the relinquished property. The ownership must be identical, and there are no limit on how many times you can use a 1031 exchange. We should mention that stocks, bonds, maybe other securities cannot be used for a 1031 exchange as well. Now, before or after you sold the property and before closing, you will need to decide if you want to do the 1031 exchange, if that makes sense. You cannot take possession of the funds or they will be taxed. So that's the key. We're trying to avoid the capital gain taxes. You will want to use a qualified intermediary, uh, and they will serve as the facilitator to, to do the exchange. That way you don't have access to the money. The next step is to identify the replacement property or properties, and you will have 45 days to complete this after you close on your current property. Once you have identified the replacement properties, you have 180 days to close on the replacement property or properties. Uh, so those are key things that you want to make sure that you follow along with. Now, I'm not going to get into much detail here, but there are three rules that you could potentially use one of those is a three-property rule. Uh, the second one is a 200% rule. And uh, the last one is the 95% rule. So what are some examples of the types of property these sellers are looking at and may choose from? Yeah, the nice thing about the, the DST, or Delaware, Delaware Statutory Trust, it does open up a lot more opportunities. Traditionally, in, in the Lincoln area, you might have maybe a, a four, um, fourplex apartment complex, maybe an office building, strip mall, something like that. But in a DST, it opens up large multifamily complexes across the U.S., as an example, uh, maybe a Walgreens or a CVS building. Um, if you're in the Arizona uh, area, you've got Circle K gas stations that could potentially be used there. Uh, office buildings, obviously, as well as uh, maybe uh, healthcare facilities, things like that. I've even seen an auto repair uh, building as being part of a, a DST. So quite a few different types of replacement properties are available, uh, including storage is another one too, by the way. Uh, so I, you can get more for what you're looking for for the replacement property than maybe what you can in, uh, specifically in the Lincoln area. 
If you don't have an advisor or you're working with that you are working with, give Roger a call. Roger's contact information is on his website, frankfinancialconcepts.com. Roger Frank is a registered representative of it. Securities offered through Berthel Fisher and Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. And Roger, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. When we come back, Dr. Eric Thompson will talk about UNL College of Business graduates who made it in the big time. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. According to the National Retail Federation, retail sales grew 7% in 2020. In 2021, they jumped to 14%. This year, the expectation is that retail sales will grow 6 to 8%. This is not adjusting for inflation. And this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. The UNL College of Business is one of our sponsors, and they come in every month. They give us a monthly forecast. But they have kind of a glamour side to them that not a lot of people know about um, because you think, well, business is business, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't normally think of it as... As you know, hitting the big glamorous. time. <laughs> but, but in a way that it, it kind of is, they have pretty exciting opportunities for the business students to study abroad. And some of these students and interns have gone on to take really notable jobs in society. So we wanted to ask Dr. Eric Thompson about this and just kind of visit with him about something a little bit different today. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? Oh, good. Well, thanks for being on the show. Talk to us a little bit about some of those glamorous study abroad opportunities that some of your students have experienced. Yes. Uh, so there's um, many opportunities for stu- UNL students, college business students to study abroad. Uh, the university has really worked hard uh, to develop those programs, uh, opportunities in Asia, opportunities in Europe. Uh, two very popular opportunities are in uh, England and in Spain. Hmm. Um, so I, uh, in fact, one of our Bureau of Business Research undergraduate scholars uh, this semester is currently studying in uh, Barcelona in Spain. That sounds uh, so fun. <laughs> Man, you just put a big smile on Robin's face. I'm going to major in business now. <laughs> and yeah, go to Spain. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and many students uh, take advantage of these opportunities. Uh, you know, not all students, obviously, but uh, it, it, it's a great part of the program for a lot of our students. What are some of the very notable graduates? Um, some of these I mean, might even be household names, and uh, people don't realize they graduated from the University of Nebraska College of Business. Uh, well, uh, uh, there's... Uh, Many examples. I, I probably could talk the best about the students that uh, worked at our at our center. So we we have students working all over the all over the country. Uh, some of them are in Silicon Valley. Uh, uh, I've got, of course, many students working for Nebraska businesses. Uh, many students attending, you know, some of the top graduate schools uh, in the country. So uh, it's it's amazing how uh, how far some of our some of our students go. Yeah, we had a, there was a luncheon that we went to recently, and I think everybody that spoke was a graduate from UNL College of Business, right? 
Oh, that's right. Yes. So a lot of uh, great businesses. Uh, uh, one of the leaders of the Gallup Corporation uh, was a UNL student, um, uh, the, the former head of Emeritus. Um, uh, one of the examples was uh, 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 one of the new startups in Lincoln. Company, yeah. ca- company Cam. Company right. Cam. Company, c- company Cam was the name. Right. So, and uh, you know we have that uh, we have that event every year, and uh, we feature uh, we feature some of the leading graduates uh, uh, from UNL in that event. Uh, we typically focus on the the people that are based here in Nebraska, but uh, of course, people from UNL are, are leaders in business all over the country. Well, and of course, um, there's that that brand new building that the College of Business is in. It's just a fabulous building. It's a very nice building. And that was, in large part, funded by donors who had graduated from the university, did very well in life, and had money to share to make that building possible. Yes, our alumni played a key role in uh, uh, funding funding, uh, that building. And so that, that was a you know, that was a real goal of, of, of the college, and uh, it was an amazing the support that we got. And I, th- I think this is something worth talking to high school kids about who live in Lincoln, and, you know, maybe they have aspirations. Maybe they, maybe they think they have to leave in order to hit a glamorous big time, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you just look at some of the corporations in Lincoln and what some of these kids have gone on to in other states after college, that you can get a good education here at a reasonable cost, but still still do very, very well in life. Well, it, it's really true. When I was growing up, I was uh, lucky enough to be in a, you know, a city that had a, uh, a major university in it. And it's a real advantage uh, when you happen to grow up in a town that's got, you know, one of the stronger universities in the country. It, uh, it you know, you can go to one of those top schools, but, you know, not bear all the expenses of, of having to go to school out of state. So it is a real opportunity for people in Lincoln or this whole southeast Nebraska region to have UNL located here. Yeah. And boy, did we hear about debt this last week, student loan yeah. debt, you know, in the last many, many months, we've been hearing about this. So It's been, it's been a big issue for people. Big, big issue. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Dr. Thompson. Um, you're doing good work out there. And we're proud of some of these exciting opportunities that our high school graduates have. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Coming up next, businesses that are doing major expansions in Lincoln will be right back. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made And if I have my way, I'm going to stay. It'll be it's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Send an announcement to us on Facebook or Twitter about your business opening, closing, or relocating. Provide us with your new address, an approximate date of opening, and a one-sentence elevator pitch for what you do. This segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, Frank Financial Concepts, and Realtors Association of Lincoln. 
major, major construction projects about to go underway or underway or nearly finished in Lincoln. We kind of want to major construction projects in general, like really big stuff here. Um, I think one of the most notable in the last few months has been Southeast Community College. Boy, they have been doing a lot of expanding, haven't they, Robin? Do you remember they tried to run a bond issue I like do. about five ish and, yeah. and raise the there's a line on your property taxes and they tried to raise that and the voters turned them down. So they had to put everything on hold, but they have come back and figured out how to fund some of that. They, and boy, have we been seeing some major projects. Yeah, well, they've got a couple of new buildings, Robin, and uh, what, $42 million worth of some some of their construction. Why don't we talk about uh, the technology uh, uh, stuff with some local employers that they want to help uh, employees with some of their skills. And this is going to be called the Sandhills Global Technology Center. They're hoping to do that here within five years or so. And, you know, uh, that's a, a science-focused facility. And cur- they currently have 100,000 square feet of current and new space that is undergoing remodeling and receiving new additions. 100,000 square feet, Robin. That's the size of a Walmart. I mean, yeah, that is a lot of space. Yeah. So they, they just have a lot of things going on. Yeah, that I think some of that... That 100, that, okay, so one is a Sandhills Global Technology Center. That's a whole separate deal. Yeah. But, but the 100,000, that's current and new space. And so it involves their student and academic support project and several different departments. Um, and then there's another project that they are working on. They're getting into housing. Yeah. Which they, I don't remember that they ever did. There were private developers that were next, that were adjacent to yeah. them that have built apartments. But this is the first time in Lincoln I remember them building housing. Well, I don't remember another one. I, I, no, we, we could be wrong. But uh, they are going to construct a 74-room, 246-bed residence hall. It'll be a three-story uh, structure. $25 million. Yeah. I mean. This is kind of a lot going on on East O Street because there's already apartments on the south side of O and more apartments slated to, to go under construction further down. Yeah. on Further down on the north side of like oh, closer to what 100th Street where that new school yeah. is going in. So you're going to have a new school and all these apartments and then southeast doing all this construction and addition and expansion. Oh, yeah, lots of impressive projects going on uh, on in the East O area there. Uh hey, let's jump over to Union College on South 48th cuz they're planning on uh a large project. Also, it is a field house, uh, and I believe they're going to call it the Larson uh, Building or Field House. Fourteen million dollars, Robin. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that, and possibly in twenty twenty three. They have been working on it for a really long time, yeah. but yeah, they're they're so quiet. You know, people sort of forget about them, but there's quite a bit of activity that goes on in that campus there. And then it's, I think it's been fun to see sort of 
the resulting, you know, not only do they have a lot of students, but just the general economic advancement in that area with all those retail shops coming in. I was going to bring that up. And the farmer's market. Yeah. That whole area has just gotten a shot of... uh, Of adrenaline. Yeah. It has developed a vibe and a culture. And it's, I'll tell you, it's a fun place to go on the weekend and just sort of, you know, the coffee shop and the the little, I've, I've, I've done Christmas shopping in those little right. shops there for women in my family. And yeah, it's, there's a culture there now. Well, uh, my children who are in their twenties and thirties like to, uh, go to the mill. Oh yeah. There, yeah. You know, uh, and to your point, uh, there's just a lot of little boutiques, and, and, that, and we don't see a lot of boutiques around town. But they do have several. Of them no, it's there. almost like they captured what what downtown Lincoln wished it could do, and never really, you know, we just have never had a whole lot of retail in Lincoln. Maybe 14th Street, North 14th yeah. has some in retail. downtown Lincoln is what you're downtown mean. Lincoln. Yeah. Um, but they've sort of captured what downtown Lincoln always wished it could do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well. We're assuming that that's what they wish they could do, but yes, I mean, but the the fact is, is it's a nice little retail area there. Uh, that if you haven't been there, you should go there. Yeah, sometime. take yeah, take the kids and go to the farmers market and see that. I might add that the Havelock area also has gotten a, a few more things happening. Over yeah, there. yeah, we've sold two buildings in the Havelock area this last year, and that is virtually full yeah yeah and there's there are the next generation coming in of some of them are building contractors purchasing their first building you know they've been a renter and they're in the building industry and they're but there's also some retail stores in havelock too yeah and they they need those yeah uh hey robin uh highway 77 and west pioneer uh kind of by Folsom in that area they're gonna be annexing a, a good chunk of ground out there talking about putting in 650 uh, residential units of all different types. This is not too far from Hope Reformed Church. Uh, They're going to use TIF, tax increment financing, and there are going to be some low-income and affordable housing that's going on, which we've been talking about quite a bit uh, on our, we've been talking on our show quite a bit about uh, affordable housing yeah. Problems that we have. Now, is this is this the same project? No, I think this is a different project, but very close to the one that became an issue for the Native Americans. Yeah, this is on the it's other like side. It's like the other side. It's the other of side of Highway 77. The Highway 77. Because yeah. there's a, a project coming in there, which is not low-income housing. It's just, I think, regular-priced housing. But that, boy, that has, I would say this year, that one has probably been the most maybe controversial. It it was controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They had to put together a committee to try to work on those issues. So, but, you know, this is a part of Lincoln that has always been largely agricultural. Yeah. You know, when you drive by on the bypass and to think that that bypass went in, in the 19, late 1980s. But it, it, it it's it, it took it, a while. It's, it, it's been a real demarcation uh, line, but you know there's quite a bit on the west side of uh, 
of Highway Seventy. There's more over there than you realize, and now it's starting to. We're starting to see infill. How are we doing on time? Oh, we, if we go through our last one here fairly quickly, I think I'll we'd let be you fine. do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at thirty-eight thirty-three North Park, Duncan Aviation uh, is going in there with the Airport Authority, doing a two-story addition uh, with a mezzanine level. Uh, this is to, and they're also doing some stuff to their existing building. New hangar going to be forty-six thousand square feet, and the supports uh, space thirty-two thousand. Uh, feet. This is the second phase of four phases. They already submitted the stuff for the first phase. Twenty-eight million. Twenty-eight million. That's our point. Boy, that is yeah. a lot. <laughs> that is quite a project. Well, thanks a lot for joining us on Grow Lincoln. Send us news about your business, opening, closing, and moving around, and we'll post it on Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm.